Hello and welcome to a special mental health gaming bonus cast. Recently, we've had both the Xbox price reveal and we've just had the PlayStation 5 showcase with their price reveals and something of a games lineup. So discuss it. I'm joined again by Stu and also by Rebecca. How are you doing, guys? Excited to talk about all that I saw last night. Yeah. Right, so my job is to see if I can make you less excited. <laughs> that, that's what I do. No, it's um, it definitely was an interesting presentation. I thought I was in for the for the night. Uh, I thought it was going to be like two, three hours. I don't know why. So to have it only an hour was kind of nice. But seeing as you are out of all of us, are we allowed to call you a fan girl? Can we go? Uh, that yeah, you can call me a fan girl if you want. <laughs> God, tell us what you thought of the presentation. Yeah, I, I am a bit of a Sony fangirl. The only one I haven't had is the PlayStation 3. And I thought it was really well done last night. It showed off a lot of stuff for a lot of different people, really showed off what the PlayStation 5 can do. And then obviously leading into the end with the price reveal, everyone was waiting to hear this news after Xbox prices were kind of leaked and then revealed then. And uh, there were some titles I was really looking forward to hearing anything about. And I was a very happy camper last night. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of prices, I'm on the on the side of going, I don't think we're going to have a, a out and out winner this generation. I, I think both companies have set their stalls out. They're targeting different markets to a degree. And I think the only winners this generation are going to be us, the consumers, because I looked at it and went, I can actually get theoretically both consoles for the price of what I was expecting one of them to be pretty much. So there's options for people. And I'm glad Sony have followed suit to a degree. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Like everyone online is like, oh, this one won and this one won. But it all depends on what you prefer. Like I am big into Sony's exclusives. So uh, yeah. I knew what I was getting before it was even revealed. I was like, I'm getting PlayStation. Like there's, yeah. there's no doubt in my mind because there are games that they released on PS4 that are getting sequels this generation. And there's no way I'm not going to play them. No, of course. So, see, for me, um, it's kind of weird. It's like, it's all about Game Pass for me, this coming generation, because it allows me to play games without having to spend out fortunes because I've, I've got a family. I can't spend out, you know, all my spare cash on what I want. It simply goes on what they want. Yeah, see, I, um, I, I've, yeah. I've got the, the PC. I've got a pretty decent PC and I've got Game Pass on that and I don't have any kids. It's just me. So, like, I have my PC, and then I have the Switch, and then I have the PS4, and later the PS5. And with that, I feel like I've got a bit of everything. Like, there's, I have my hands in every single honeypot in terms of gaming that's coming out. <laughs> well, that that's yeah. it, isn't it? That covers all the bases. And I think from last night's reveal, it was like, yeah, this is the niche that we're going to take. And it very much sits parallel to uh, the Microsoft strategy uh, without there being very much overlap at all, which I think is really clever. And even though I, I wasn't quite as excited, I, I didn't really bring a lot for me. I'm kind of in the same situation as you, Bex, but I'm more focused towards, uh, very heavily focused towards PC. And I was like, oh yeah, well, okay. The, the, the best and most important things that can come out of this for me would be stuff like, you know, like the Final Fantasy reveal, 
but also stuff like Jack and Daxter, really just to see what it can do with the race tracing. And and then all of the other exclusives, like more of the next God of War, and then maybe a, a hint towards A Last of Us or any kind of naughty dog thing. And and also, the, hey, yeah, sorry, go did on. You say- did you say Jack and Daxter? Did you mean Ratchet and Clank? Oh, buggy. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, was there Jack and Daxter news? I didn't hear of it. Yeah, no, I just, <laughs> I just think of them as exactly the same game. That's because, yeah, <laughs> I never play them. But I was kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, this. it'll be this very heavy rolling Sony thing of every everything's an exclusive, even if it's going to be further down the line. And I felt that, you know, because they showed a lot of cross, cross-platform cross titles, it wasn't as exciting. But then they got to the end and they said, oh, and it's basically going to be the equivalent of Pocket Change and there's this thing with, you know, PS Plus where you get all the exclusives and stuff. And it was like, oh, God, yeah, they've just knocked it right out of the park right at the last minute. Now, I, I heard someone in the lead-up to the conference say that Sony is like a really fancy restaurant but Xbox is like a really fantastic like Vegas casino buffet. Right. You can get a bit of everything or you can sit in the restaurant and have the exact fancy things that you want. Both are good. It just entirely depends on what you're in the mood for. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good analogy. What's becoming obvious to me, though, going into this generation, Microsoft has started it, but I think Sony have just cemented it. You mentioned it with the PS Plus collection. And with games going to a £70 recommended retail price, then I think we're moving completely into subscription-based gaming in the next generation. I think we're going to start looking at outright sales of games being completely secondary. And this is solely testing the waters with what what can what you know what backwards compatible PlayStation Four games are going to work with this, and what what sort of like leverage? Oh, sorry, what sort of um, traction are we going to get with the PlayStation Plus collection? Doesn't roll off the tongue as well as Game Pass yet, but that's because it is, no. I suppose. But yeah, we're, we're not putting but, you in charge of naming it, Brad. No, <laughs> but it's called the PlayStation Plus collection. Yeah. That's pretty um, bad. What they could call it is the PlayStation Plus Pass. But you, but you see, that's the thing. Like that, that would cause um, confusion, a disconnection, confusion as to like yeah. what is it? Where it is a collection. It's, you're not getting everything. Yeah. You're getting their like the cream of the crop collection from the PS4 era. Yeah. What, yeah. what are your opinions on these? This is the major thing that, that Sony have pretty much come out and said new games are going to be looking at £70 RRP. What, what, what's your reaction to that side of it? I'm, I'm going to have to be very careful on what on which one I pick because I'm broke. And it is actually pushing me towards the, um, the disc version because I'm hoping then that there'll be like, you know, trade-ins and stuff like that that I can get at a bit of a cheaper price because I am a poor student. <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's a big deal i think that what the clever part of the xbox strategy is and this is just making me sound like an xbox fanboy but no i'm not um is that you know you can have x cloud so you can pay for stuff pay for the game pass and just play it on an android or whatever device and i'm concerned that sony strategy will do things like like you said price you out of the market Bex, for for stuff um, me at the moment with my financial situation and cut down on the second-hand market. Whereas, you know, Microsoft strategy seems to be, well, well, if you want to do it on the cheap, here's the cheap route. You've, you've got it and you're not going to miss out. I don't know if that sort of resonates as well. 
because 70 dollars 70 euros 70 pounds is a lot of money it is uh that that that's where it comes in that's why i think the companies now i think they're trying to force the retail market out completely or the buy once market gone completely um from the cynical point of view if they could price people out of buying 70 pound games and put them into a subscription service instead they could push microtransactions season passes or all kind of things like that they can push that a lot easier because you get in the game as people will start to see it free because it's part of a subscription i think that that's what's going to happen and i think they're setting that foundations for that now uh, but again it's why i'm glad there's options because i will pick up a playstation 5 guarantee i'll pick up a playstation 5 but i will do it down the line once i've seen what the exclusives are like and if there's ones that i really 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 want but for cross-gen games for multi-platform games then for me it's like a 250 pound entry and game pass does it for me that there, there's my options there but i think we are going to see the generation where both consoles are being bought in the long term and we're going to see maybe a couple of million difference between the the systems and it, i think the big thing is just going to be that push to subscription because 70 quid a game is ridiculous yeah no it is mm. it's a it's a lot of money especially when like for some sony titles like i i know that i love them but for others it's like is this a game i really want yeah and a 70 yeah. quid like that's that's oh, like nearly half my week's wages yeah yeah and the issue the issue you get with that as well is if we look at what the AAA market does at the moment that 70 pounds is not going to be an all-in experience either that's your entry price for a lot of games uh now i'm not buying ubisoft games at present anyway because of we know why because of scum reasons um yeah. But we know that if you buy an Ubisoft game currently at the £50 RRP or whatever it is, that's not the full version of the game you're getting. You still need to pay no. above that. The ultimate editions, which are what, 80 to 90 quid, are still not the full versions of the game. You need to buy three or four different versions of that one game to get the full experience. So what are we looking at? Are we looking at ultimate editions of games now topping £100? And then the ultimate ultimate editions, which are the, apparently the better ones, are we looking at 150 quid guaranteed there? It's just looking that there's a slippery slope there if that's what they're going for. Uh, but as I say, I don't think they're doing it to do more of that. I actually think it's to move away from retail sales completely. Yeah. 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 No, because even like I bought the Persona 5 Royal, like ultimate, ultimate edition, and that was like 90 quid. And that was like a super big treat to myself for getting through like my first year of college. <laughs> was that one? Did it come with anything, or was that like just the? Uh, came with a lot of like DLC stuff. Like it wasn't story content. It was all like care about DLC. Rebecca, did it come with any tat? <laughs> it with tat. As long as it came with physical tat, that's all that. Oh no! Oh no! No, I didn't actually know. I bought it digitally. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, because no, it, no. was, it, was, it, was it was in the middle of, the, of uh, the lockdown, so I couldn't actually... I did want to get the physical version because it came with a mask. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, oh, nice. but I, um, I was too like, late on it because I was just like, no, because if I pre-order the special edition, it's going to arrive before the college year is out and I'm not allowed to play it until the college year is finished. 
Yeah, fair enough. I think, yeah, I think they've, they've looked at a lot, both companies, because you can leave Nintendo out of this entirely, because they do... Oh, yeah, they, yeah. They're their, they, they play their own little game they over there. <laughs> do. Christ knows what they're doing at the moment, so, yeah, that's a whole other discussion. They are, <laughs> they, are, they are complete nutters, and they just, they do things, and you're like, that's not going to work, and then it does. So, yeah, they're, they're totally on their own. But, yeah, the, those, the two others, so Sony and Microsoft, they've clearly gone, okay, well... If we wipe out the retail market, we're saying that we're going to strike out lots of uh, different regions of the world and just class them as not earning for us. Because there are some countries that just literally can't afford any of these prices. But they've clearly looked at it and gone, yeah, but the amount we can... The whales, you know, the the way they call people who spend the most, uh, the prosumers, they call them whales. The whales are clearly going, okay, well, I'm going to buy like four games a, a year at full price. And then on top of those, I'm going to carry on with the MTX all the way through that. And they must have worked out that they can just close off entire markets pr- pretty much, you know, bar like, you know, maybe $10 per person um, or less in entire areas, just because they can they can s- squeeze as much cash out of as people as they can. And it is, it's very concerning from the retail perspective because not everyone has great internet not everybody has uh, enough disposable income to keep up with this. And so, yeah, no, it's, it's a bit of a dodgy turn on top of everything else. I don't know what you guys think. And also with the current global crisis that's going on, that's going to affect everything financially anyway, how many people will have a spare 70 quid to get the latest game? Whereas I think more and more people will be able to afford... £20 a month, say, for example. Let's go Let's go high. Let's go high. Let's say Sony charge 30 quid a month for PlayStation Plus collection or whatever that ends up becoming long-term. That's still cheaper than the cost of a brand-new game and you'll get everything on top of that. So that's £30 a month. That leaves technically another £40 a month that may have been budgeted towards that game to then go towards microtransactions. So it makes sense for them. I think Sony to jump on board. I think they've only had to look at the successor Game Pass and what that's doing for Microsoft to realise that that is what they've got to do next. And this PlayStation Plus collection is a very clever way to get that started because it'd be interesting to see what they do with this. But I think this is going to be a good move for us as consumers again. Like, wait and see and see how, like, it goes. Because, again, I don't think the price of the games is entirely based on um, the fact that, like they've decided we're going to make them this price because again the level of work that's going into these games as well like it's just going to drive up the prices compared to what it was because even what it was i remember it being 50 euro for a a game in the ps2 era yeah Mm. and a 30 euro jump considering the absolute increase in hardware across the board and all levels of the market is just like it's kind of reasonable because games are just becoming kind of more expensive to make because you need to keep pushing it further keep making it more interesting give more content uh otherwise your game just kind of falls to the wayside that's that see without getting into a debate on that one because that's a completely different debate the reason that is happening is not down to us as gamers that's down to the marketing men at the corporate corporate side of things they're telling us we want this we want that when you look at probably the one of the most anticipated games of this year of 2020 is spelunky 2 and what that is um, then you only need to look at then 
how much do we actually need these outstandingly amazing, super hyper-realistic graphics with huge, expansive open worlds um, that need this and this? And this? Do we need that or are we being told we need that? And it's an interesting thing because, again, I'm not dismissing that, say, for example, um, the Miles Morales game looks fantastic and I loved Spider-Man. I think it will play fantastic as well. But to be, I think we're being told that that's what games have got to become when I don't think that is the case. I want Miles Morales to be a special standout game, not just another game that follows a certain formula. <laughs> which it is becoming because that's all the bigger companies are trying to make now are these massive over-the-top experiences. I don't know if it's if that's what we're being told that we want. It's more, it's one of the things on the spectrum of games because then you look at Nintendo, they have their, you know, more cartoony graphics and they do perf- they do really well. So it's just on the spectrum of different types of games because we've always had that semi-realistic We've always had the cartoony stuff we've, and the simpler stuff like going throughout the generations. Yeah, I, I kind of sit between the both of you on it. I, I, my thought is I think they've engineered things so that they can maximise their profit and they feel as though there's more profit to be had on things like the likes, uh, the likes of us, the last <laughs> of us too. They're like the... <laughs> um, yeah, that would be a much different game. I'm going to be much fluffier. I can oh, imagine how many there's going to be of those over the, over the next few years. The likes of us probably is more apt than the Last of Us. It's it's like we call a Soulsborne game. If you see something that's you know gritty like the Last of Us, you call it a Likes of Us. Yeah, that works. Oh, there you go. You've coined yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think they they feel unfairly that they've probably lo- left money on the table because. Like your COD games, Call of Duty stuff, you'll sell that for the same price as, as The Last of Us 2, but you'll earn loads from players buying maps, character skins, whatever, guns, I don't know what, I don't play them. But, you know, they'll do that, whereas it's pretty much one and done. Like a lot, some people will buy the DLC for Last of Us 2, but the majority probably won't, you know. So they feel that there's more money on the table there. So I think... Yeah, there's ways and means, and they're always in the wrong for just trying to want to wring as much out of consumers as they can. But I also, at the same time, agree with Bex that the amount of time that goes into development has increased vastly, and the resources needed. So there's, I think, there's probably a happy medium that they haven't struck. Yes, I, no, I, I totally agree with that, and I, I, if I sounded dismissive over the effort that goes into making these games, that wasn't the point of what I was trying to say because they they are amazing, some of these games. And to say, you look at The Last of Us, you look at Spider-Man, Mars Morales, you even look at the Call of Duties, they are outstanding technical achievements. That can't go without being said. Yeah. Yeah, and and a lot of people on the lower rungs of the ladder in the game development who are integral in making it work, like they still... Um, don't get the most pre- like most fair in terms of pay, and I'm kind of happy to see prices go up if it means that you know artists and stuff like that are getting a bit more payment. And therein goes the problem with a lot of the companies. That's not going to happen. Mm. Yeah, straight, it's going straight into Bobby Kotick's pocket, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, um, in terms that's of the it, that's another discussion. We'll, we might bring that yeah. up as a separate discussion one day. Let's celebrate the next gen. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's go into some of the games that were um, that were announced last night. 
Harry Potter. That, that's a nice, easy. Di- no, we're not. No, we're not oh. doing that. We won't go into that one first. No. Let's let, let's start with Final Fantasy 16 because that's what they opened with, yes. and I believe that was a very strong start for them to open up the showcase with. Yeah, is that exclusive again? Yes. Wow. Okay. That's a big deal. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Huge deal. Mm-hmm. I remember it being a big deal when it wasn't. It went from not being exclusive. So is that? Yeah, that, that was. Yeah. That was thir- that was thirteen is when it was stopped being exclusive. Oh, that's a long time ago. Except eleven. Eleven was because that was online, so that wasn't exclusive to PlayStation. But then thirteen, it came to Xbox three hundred and sixty. God, that's so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a really big deal, that game being exclusive. Yeah. And I always associate um, the Final Fantasy series with Sony since the 32-bit era, and because it was always associated yeah. with Nintendo and the SNES. But, you know, that's so far back that it doesn't even count now. And I think most people as well, their first exp- experience of Final Fantasy was seven anyway. That's when it hit the mainstream, I think. So, And that was a PlayStation 1 game. Yeah. So does it look like, Bex, that it's it's going to have the kind of gameplay that you want based on what you saw? I'm definitely intrigued, but I'm kind of like, the thing with Final Fantasy games is because they always start with a new realm that it's hard to, it's this weird dichotomy. Because like, say when Spider-Man or, you know, God of War comes out, you know, you have a connection to what the story is. But with Final Fantasy, it's got this big name, but you don't know anything about the story. <laughs> yeah, true. So it's really weird when you first when your trailer first drops because you're like, will this be good? Am I actually interested other than the fact that I get to ride a chocobo again? Yeah. Uh, and I get to hear a new variation of the chocobo theme. Yeah. <laughs> um, like Final Fantasy is like the National Lampoons of video games. It's like they put the, just Final Fantasy, but it's just, there's just no connection between any of the games. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, uh, it is odd because like 15 and Remake are so vastly different from final fantasy 7 that they they're completely different games like resident evil and and yeah resident evil 4 but yeah no it's intriguing but it's it's gonna net them a lot of money Mm. it's a it's a return to high fantasy which i'm intrigued about and it's being worked on by a lot of the people who worked on final fantasy 14 and brought that back from the dead right yeah so um, apparently there's a lot of influence of Final Fantasy Tactics and Final Fantasy Twelve because the um, the guy behind it, he's big into those those titles in particular. And I personally love Tactics and Twelve. Like Twelve isn't big on a lot of people's lists, but I loved it. And so if it's anything at all like them, I, I'm definitely keeping my eye on it at the very least. The only issue I had with it, and someone brought it up on the uh, live stream chat when we was watching it, was that it looks a bit witchery, that there seems to be a bit of influence from the witch on there. Did that come across to you as a Final Fantasy fan? or? or yeah, yeah. and to be honest, as a fan of also The Witcher, I am not totally against that because it does kind of... like I loved seeing that the Malbro appearing and fighting it in a kind of marshy land. It could just be because, as well, it is the high fantasy setting again. We're not in this sci-fi kind of world. And when it comes to high fantasy and monsters, what we think now is Witcher. Yeah. Uh, I think next shown was uh, Miles Morales. Spider-Man Miles Morales. That looked amazing. It does. Yeah. Yeah, it just looks spectacular. I did joke that it looked a bit like um, a sequel to Infamous Second Son uh, with all the neon. 
Um, but yeah, that does look good. It, it just and and I love that we got to see gameplay. We got to see um, how it like Miles moves differently to Peter compared to Spider Man One because and we've got the Harlem now, so we're opening up New York of the state like a, a bit more as well because that was some concerns it's like we've already had new york we've had spider-man going through new york how is this going to be different yeah and we're seeing how it's different he moves differently he has different kind of special abilities the way he slims like swings webs he's got the invisibility going for him it's just yeah and clearly like the, a big difference would be that peter's family all knew about him being spider-man yeah they all knew all the people close to him it seems like only his friend knows, which is interesting. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and to be honest, Miles is the best Spider-Man anyway, so, you know. Yeah, I, I was super excited when I played as him in Spider-Man. I was like, oh my God, they brought in Miles Morales. This is amazing. Yeah, he's, a, he's a great character. But um, yeah, no, I think that the Insomniac were possibly the best purchase Sony have ever done. Um, yeah. I think an absolutely amazing move and they're technically brilliant and they they reached with Spider-Man, the, the previous one, the pinnacle of what they do. And I think that this game is, is a great launch title because it's not doing anything spectacular haha, with the uh, the visuals or anything. It's not going to... Webtacular. Webtacular, yeah. It's not going to like do anything massively ray-traced or blah de blah blah but... What it does do, it will be incredibly slick, smooth. It have really good go- gameplay that people will relate to. Great characters, the visuals, all of that. They're going to mesh beautifully, and it will be a great showcase for the speed of loading, which I know it's not stuff that people are talking about very much, but in terms of a next-gen, this throughput of being able to put a game on and it just be loaded within a couple of seconds is going to be a complete game changer and we know with miles morales that this is really going to do that so getting around the city is going to be so much more enjoyable when you're getting into the game within like literally a couple of seconds yeah yeah okay now um the next game that was up was hogwarts legacy turf wars oh crikey terrible terrible timing for what looks like an amazing game but i know as much as harry potter and hogwarts was part of my childhood i can't in good conscience buy this game no no and i almost don't want to discuss it because it's such a long yeah, discussion it's... but all i will say is i i feel sorry for the staff at avalanche all of them because yeah, I do wonder whether at any point they like before this was put out, they went like, "We want to put this game in our showcase. Can you do so?" I was like, "Do we have to? We uh, is it really a yeah. good time? And is there any way we can turn this into some kind of generic wizarding game and not have the Hogwarts name on it?" Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, my heart goes out. Yeah, because it looks fantastic. Um, and this is the one time I don't even blame it being a triple-A studio or, or anything like that and whatever, this is going to be heartbreaking for them. You've seen on Twitter already um, some of the staff, I mean, Tony going, you know, you've got to disassociate the art from the artist sometimes. Um, and I disagree with that, but you can tell they're hurting. All of them are hurting yeah. with regards to this, and it's just horrible yeah. to see. But again, this one, we're not going to bring this one. We will discuss this probably another time properly. 
Yeah, yeah. Let's let's skip over the oops yes. that is uh, Hogwarts Legacies. Uh, next up was Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. I'm just going to sleep through that. Yeah, me as well. Do you play them at all, Beck? Uh I haven't, but because they've been going back to kind of like the, um, you know, they did World War II and now they're doing Cold War. As a history student who's interested in video games, I'd like I'd feel a bit remiss if I didn't at least try it out. Yeah. See where the you know accuracies and inaccuracies are in terms of history and all that sort of thing, which I'm sure there's going to be loads. In a Call um, of Duty game, you sure? Yeah. It was very funny though because uh, I was watching all the technology and I was like, did they have that during the Cold War that I remembered? Oh yeah, it only ended less than thirty years ago. Yeah, they would have some stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a long time ago. It to, does. to be fair, twenty nineteen feels like a long time ago at the moment. So this, yeah, yeah, no, that's true. true. That's true. I was talking to my brother who was um, a lot bigger into Call of Duty over the years, and he said like apparently they're bringing back a character from like previous games and stuff, and they are trying to bring it back into more story-based rather than let's put everything into the multiplayer, which I like. So I am intrigued, but I'm not in any rush to play it. No. Um, I, I like the story stuff, and I did like Black Ops um, when that first when that first hit, because that, that, that done some interesting story stuff to it. I, I, I don't know. It's I, I think Call of Duty, I'd almost like to see him drop the name and just like do standalone games. Yeah. Spend more I'm on it, Marvin. It just being another Call of Duty because it's one of those things. It just automatically puts you back up a little bit. It's like, oh Christ, here we go. Here comes another one. All right. Well, we'll move on from Call of Duty and talk about Resi Village. Yes. Ooh. Well, for me, that's one. This is one of the standouts of the, you know, the most exciting of the of the new generation. Just because they've been on fire, Capcom, with their their releases recently, mm. and. <laughs> big caveat not really with sony i mean i'll just get this on the pc so it's it's great that it's there and they were presenting it and it's great that it'll be there and it's like oh yeah they'll be on ps5 but you know it, it's not a system seller um no but yeah it's nice that it's there and, and it the looks good thing, it does the funniest thing was they've put together they've cut this trailer and then it comes up with village uh resident evil um that bit there and then it's someone's clearly gone do you think that everyone's going to understand where the eight is in this? And they've gone, I don't know. Right, okay, so look, let's add this bit at the end. Because they put up village, do that, then they had to show where the eight is in the word village to bring village back in. So now's the game going around of how they're going to show off nine for their next game. What's that one going to be called based on the IX? Say, so, well, in certain, t- certain clocks, it can be V and four eyes. So you never know. So village. Yeah. Village. <laughs> Suburbs is the next one. <laughs> yeah, and it's weird because they are like they're kind of marketing it as resident village, but reminding you it is the eighth one. Yeah. yeah. I've never really yeah. played any Resi games, but just looking at this one, I'm like, I know that Resi 7 dropped on Game Pass not too long ago for PC. And I'm like oh, I kind of want to play that in the lead up to Resi 8. And the only thing is I would probably get it on console because I don't trust my computer to be able to run a lot of these stuff. Are you a a scaredy cat when it comes to uh, horror games? A bit, but I like it because scary video games are one of the few things that that actually scare me. So unlike the other Rebecca who 
is absolutely terrified. I'm scared and I'm like, oh, I want more. Oh, I want more. <laughs> it's, it's very rare, actually. It's, it's a weird feeling. I've, 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 the Resi games have never scared me. I played Seven in VR. And apart from the first jump scare, where I went, oh, 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 that got me. It wasn't very scary. And I, I think I'm broken inside. Yeah, you're a monster, Brad, because they are very scary games. Um, yeah, and there aren't very many. Oh, there are more now, but there are still not many that are very scary. But yeah, Bex, if you if you like that sort of stuff, if you like being sort of thrilled, scared, then then the yeah, oh really yeah, good yeah, no, no, yeah. I, I like I like my spookums. I like my spookums a lot. Um, <laughs> Don't listen to the uh, future psychopath here. Yeah, Which, considering we're talking about Spookums, uh, let's skip ahead and talk about a game that shocked me when I seen the footage because I was like, ooh, something spooky. I'm liking the set. Look at this. Oh my god, it's Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, that, that was that came out of nowhere. <laughs> that really just came out. What, what is that game now? Five, Night, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. Yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's was always like just you were in a room and you had to you know switch do switches and stuff like that and now apparently there's this night like, trap but modern. yeah and now apparently there's this like big area and you're first personing it as what sounds like a child going through this like giant freddy fezbear pizzas i just yeah but where did the quality come from because i always just assumed it was like trash level game that was kind of like have been <laughs> it's always been from a very small team very low yeah, budget yeah. and now suddenly they've got money yeah i mean fair play to the guy who came up with it who's made his millions from it i can't i can't deny him the success he's had it's brilliant yeah i was just saying it's it's like trash that's, that like they want youtubers to react to and that that's what it does and i looked went this is a real game what what uh, but apparently it's quite a showcase. Apparently, yeah, apparently it's quite a deep lore to the entire series that you can go quite deep into. Oh yeah, no, Matt Pat's got you covered there. Yes, that's where I first caught a glimpse of it. I'm I'm gonna be watching some game theory over the next few weeks, I think. God, yeah, no, it just it just totally took me by surprise. I have written here my notes was fully intrigued as I love me some spookums, but found out FNAF. <laughs> yeah, I was impressed. I was yeah, impressed. I was like, I was like You've almost cons- got me considering playing it. <laughs> this is Sony do this, and this sorry, Sony are brilliant at this. Um, when they announced the PS4, they had um, that that little indie guy who came out with his little um, Yarny model. I was so pleased with himself. I was obviously still quite nervous at being out there. I wanted to tell you the story about his wonderful 2D platformer that was purely indie and it was beautiful. And it was stuck in the middle of all these massive like next-gen announcements for the PlayStation 4 and everything. Yeah. And they love to do that, so they love to throw this just random title in there that clearly doesn't fit. Um, and, you know, um, Unravel ended up being an okay game. I'm not going to praise it to the hill, but I love that they do that. I love they just throw in a curveball now and again with whatever their presentation is. Yeah. On from, we'll go back to Deathloop. Deathloop got uh, a bit more of an extended kind of look at gameplay and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it happened. <laughs> I miss it. I miss that part of it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know there. what to make of it. It looks interesting. Um, yeah. And it reminded me aesthetically a little bit of Mud, 
and I dare say I'm the only person who even knows what that game is at the moment, but it was an Eliza Dushku led video game where she played like an all action assassin hero thing. And it had that kind of um that kind of grindhouse style aesthetic to it, which the presentation of the cinematics has for this, this kind of almost grindhousey type thing, but the game itself doesn't, and it's just kind of really weird. But I mean I'm intrigued. It's one I'm intrigued about, but it's not selling me on oh, this is a reason to have next gen let alone this is a reason to get this specific console it felt like a weird one to have in there that yeah no um sorry i was just like i was like eliza dushku and what yeah i was very confused but yeah i can kind of see what you're getting at with that aesthetic from what i can see of it um uh, eliza dushku made a game what um yeah i just i just had never heard of it that's all and i was just no, as I said, I think I'm one of the only people that actually played it and actually liked it at the same time. Yeah, I, I liked I liked how Death Loop like they kind of expanded on how you're like manipulating the time loops. Like you're like, oh well, I have to kill all the eight people uh, within one night, but this guy like he's so far away from the other guy, I could get them to do it at the same time. So it is interesting, but it's still like still just don't know what to make of it. I, I, yeah. it, I tell you what it is, Stu. This is launch title game. That you know, this is launch window in it. This is exactly what you get. You kind of look and go, "Oh wow, that's it." Oh, they easily forgot about that by the end. Yeah, it, it's strange. It just there's something about it that it doesn't put me off, but it just makes me feel like meh, and I can't really describe why. Um, very strange. Yeah. yeah. As I said, it's pure launch title. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly what it yeah. is. Yeah, well, if it comes on Game Pass, I'll give it a try. But I mean, that could just be your mantra for everything, couldn't it? So, yeah. <laughs> so far, she's going, yeah, no, that game log plays. Actually, yeah, it's a good one. I'll get that somewhere else. Yeah, pretty much. But <laughs> <laughs> are either of you fans, are either you boys fans of Devil May Cry? Because 5 Special Edition is coming. Yeah, but I've got it. <laughs> yeah, ditto. <laughs> yeah, it's seems like it seemed very much like a love letter to DM, to the hardcore dmc fans yeah because you had a lot of you know like virgil and stuff like that like you had a lot of extra stuff that they were like oh but yeah i i've got a theory here though i've got a theory i reckon at that point in the show as theories there was a another game they was meant to be showing that was not ready in time to show oh what was that one that's what I personally reckon because Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. Yeah, that's not something you announce for a launch of a new console. That, that's not in there at all. So I think that was a last minute replacement for something. Yeah, to be honest, it felt like that as well. I was like, oh, because when I looked at it, I was like, what oh, is there a new Devil May Cry? And then I was like, oh, oh Devil May Cry 6. I was like, oh, it's a special edition. Like, that's strange. It's like announcing Persona 5 Royal. Like, it's like, it's not. Like, yeah, it's exciting for the fans, but it's not something you would add for your launch. What what was that Capcom game that they showed off in the, uh, was it the Xbox reveal with the spaceman walking through the city and there's a young girl and there's holograms and stuff? Yeah, they, they I think they showed that um, during the PlayStation 5 reveal of itself. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they were intending to show more of that than couldn't. I don't know. Possibly, I don't know, but yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Okay, so then next up was Oddworld Soulstorm. Ah, oh, for me, that's one I'm really intrigued in. 
um, I love the Odd World games, um, so I will be getting that regardless. But again, is that an exclusive? See, this is the thing I'm losing now. Is that an exclusive or is that multiplat? Who would have thought it'd be exclusive? It's coming on PC. It's console exclusive. Oh, okay. See, because that, that, again, that's had a weird history. Mm. I mean, because that was the first Odd World game was PlayStation exclusive. And then you've got uh, Microsoft bought the rights to. Um, to uh, the next gen one at the time because the PlayStation couldn't run it, so they bought it, and that was a big thing. Then it went multi-platform for Strangers Wrath. Then you had the remakes or the re- yeah the remakes of them, the remasters, whatever you want to call yeah, them. Yeah, new and tasty. Um, and now and they yeah and they were multi-platform. Yeah. And now this has gone to a console exclusive. That's some weird history for the Odd World games. Yeah, yeah. No, Sony like they they know that their like bread and butter is exclusive so they clearly just put like a lot of cash monies down yes yeah totally. they want their babies back as well they seem to be yeah. going back to if we had it exclusive on the ps1 we're having it exclusive again yeah that ties in exactly with the stuff we were talking about with carving out the niche because that's got to be their niche because game pass tends to have multi-plat stuff um, there's only a handful of, of microsoft studio stuff on it so yeah no it's going to be the thing that differentiates them and I'm still hoping for a new Ape Escape. Every generation, I want a new Ape Escape. I'd love a new Ape Escape, or even just a remaster of the, a remake of the first one, because that was unreal. <laughs> that's a, a game. When you talk about a game that sort of like showed off a new technology, that game, analog sticks, and that's the one that really sold it to me for the very first time. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember that, and I was like, oh, I got to learn this new mechanic. But that also makes it really hard to emulate. <laughs> It does, yeah. Online emulation devices, I assume you mean, yeah. rather than... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. I've tried that. You can't I've play tried. that on anything other than a proper console. Yeah, I've tried. It's heartbreaking. That's why I really want a remaster of it, because I'm like, let me play it again. I will pay whatever. Let me just play it again. It was so good. Yeah, you do your seventy-pound version. Fine, I'll buy I'll it. I'll buy it. I'd buy that too. I'd buy. I'd buy a remaster of Apescape sooner than I'd buy the uh, Mario 3D All Stars. Well, yeah, especially because if Sony release it, you probably get that like either on release or, God forbid, in a few years' time, mm. rather than you've got a window in which to buy it. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> and and as well, uh, I'm asking for a remake, not just let's just port them to the Switch. But that's another discussion. <laughs> yeah, that's another special. <laughs> Oh, yeah. This is, it shows how bad 2020's getting. Nintendo have gone from the saviors of gaming to somehow being like the worst. Microsoft have just gone to everyone. Do you know what? Do what you want. Yeah. They've become like the, like the, like the, they're sitting back and going, just play the games, man. Whatever. <laughs> However, do you want to play, you want to play there for a couple of quid a month? Yeah, you go ahead. And Sony have gone, do you remember how we launched the PlayStation? How good it was. Yeah. We're doing that again. Yep. We're just going back to PlayStation while we're getting the, the big exclusives and we're just going, yeah, this is gaming again. Yeah. It's just a really weird situation in the whole gaming circle at the moment. Oh, it's so strange. It's always, always member berries, isn't it? It's yeah. No matter what, I what member. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what was up next? What was the next Demon Souls. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. I have never played a Soulsborne to the point where I refuse because people are always like, I want to watch you play a Soulsborne. It's so, it'll be so funny. You'll get so annoyed. And I'm like, no, I just refuse on principle. 
but this is making me want to play because it just looks amazing. It looks so satisfying in the fighting and everything. I'm just like, oh, you're pretty. Let me have you. <laughs> so, here's the thing. I don't like Soulsborne games, but I love Soulsborne games. Soulsborne? Soulsborne <laughs> games. Rather, Soulsborne sounds like an interesting sport um but yeah I, I i hate them but i like them and the reason being I'll, I'll dig it out and i'll link um somewhere wherever we put this audio whether it's with a video or, or whatever i'll link to the video of me playing um bloodborne i've done a series back in my game style days and on one of them had me uh, my multiple attempts at father gascoigne and the moment i defeated him I let out what can only be described as a noise I've never made before. Or since. <laughs> yeah, or since. Um, such was my excitement and relief at doing it. And it's, I think the, the Soulsborne games, um, and especially Dark Souls, Demon Souls and Bloodborne, over any of the others, produce a feeling of dread and satisfaction and joy and hatred that no other game can do. And... I'm going to be with people that be saying you should give them a go because, yeah, you should definitely give them a go. Yeah, no, no. Seeing uh, Demon Souls last night, it's it's been really tempting. And I have, I have like, at least Bloodborne and I think at least one of the Dark Souls on PlayStation from, like, various PS Plus, like, free games. So yeah. I'm definitely going to have to look into kind of testing the waters and seeing that is. Uh... Well, from a, yeah, I mean, from a pure technical perspective on, on the on the reveal it looks absolutely phenomenal oh, I, yeah. I, I don't like yeah i don't like the games i don't like that star game but i, I want to own it just because it's so damn pretty yeah it's amazing looking yeah yeah like 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 yeah. like once that's out it's kind of like okay who's playing it on twitch give it to me now i want to see <laughs> Yeah, just like to my veins. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's just new point. Another one of those companies, I think, along with um, is it Panic Button? I, I might be getting the other company wrong. Who like you give them any game and they will port it, and you just look at it and just go, Wow, they remastered versions of God of War, they did Shadow of Colossus, and they also did the Nathan, uh, the Nathan Drake collection. But the remake of Shadow of Colossus, which was seen as you know, really beautifully done. Yeah, it was the high point of that kind of thing. And Demon's Souls looks, to me, like there might be some ray tracing in it. Mm -hmm. And if so, that's one of the few launch titles that will. And it's a good way to try and get people into understanding why ray tracing is so good. I mean, if it turns out that it's not, and it's just really, you know, it's just temporal anti-aliasing or whatever, or, um, it, then that's going to be making me look stupid. But no, it looks like it's pulling some really good stuff with lighting. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're hoping for from the next gen is is that use of depth of shadow and, and depth of colour and depth of, of lighting in real time that will really make things pop and really cement it as a next gen experience. And yeah, Demon's Souls looks like that. And it, it kind of makes your eyes both bleed and tear up in joy at the same time. <laughs> I'll be getting that when I do get a PlayStation 5, whether it's early or whether it's late, I don't know, but that's that's on my guaranteed list. I, I made myself sad because it says here, remake of Demon's Souls uh, co-developed with SIE Japan Studios, and my mouse hovered over it and it said, most well-known for Ape Escape, and I'm like... Oh, no. Uh, Insult to injury. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so next up, what it revealed was Fortnite. 
who didn't see that the big money-making game is continuing to next gen? I sure was surprised. Yeah, I was so excited. Who cared yeah. at all? Even Epic, no, because that trailer was so short. Yeah. Even that, no one cares. No, no, I certainly do not give a toss. Um, so after, after that, they showed the PS Plus connection, collection, which we've already discussed. Yeah. Then it was the price reveal. And then they were like, we've got one last thing to show you. And I could have cried because this, this is the game I want. I've been wanting this for t- since I finished God of War 1 in 2018. I want God of War Ragnarok and it is coming. Show me something though. Yeah, I know. Something, not just the logo. Yeah, that is the worst game ever because everyone knew it. Yeah, everyone, uh, everyone who played the first game, like knew, like who completed it, knew it was coming. Yeah. Oh, there's a there, here comes God of War. Even I was excited by that. And I went, oh, that's it. Not even a title properly because I'm assuming the game isn't called Ragnarok. Is coming. No, it's it's God of War Ragnarok. And um, see, what I liked about it though is that it can like. It confirmed that, like, even though we know it's going to be, it was going to become eventually. It was kind of like, here's a window. It's coming sooner than you may have even dared dream, because a lot of people were like, we're not going to hear anything about God of War today. We'd love to hear about it, but we're not going to. And then they dropped 2021. Yeah, yeah. and that's got to mean holiday season. So yeah, November next year, which is they've got nothing to show. They've got nothing to show because if they did, I mean, even just like they could have had Kratos or, or or whatever, just show his face a little bit, reveal his face, or reveal maybe a sneak like bit of Ragnarok or something a bit more subtle than just a logo. I was like, ah, oh, that's not how you end the show. That's not quite how you do it. You'd had to have pulled something like if you're gonna just do a logo reveal as a mic drop moment to do it this is where they turn around and just reveal the forza motorsport logo or the halo logo or something like that <laughs> say look hey that's a get for you see you later i don't think yeah, it, i, I don't think it lands yeah i don't think it lands with me and you and stuff but i think for a wider audience it's probably enough i mean yeah we're jaded old cynical gamers but I think, you know, for younger people and people who were obsessed with the game, I think it'll be enough to perk a bit of interest and give them a bit of confidence in the release schedule. Yeah, no, that, that's yeah. what it did for me. It was like, oh my God, it's coming next year. Okay, I got to start saving for the PS5 now. Because <laughs> yeah, that, so <laughs> that is like anything, everything else I can wait. But for God of War Ragnarok, I can't because I was very fortunate to know someone who had the game when it launched. And I played it, I platinumed it, I want to go back again and play it again before Ragnarok comes out. And like, I'm a big mythology fan, I'm big, like, just that style of game fan. The way it was done, the storytelling was amazing, the art was amazing. And I knew myself, I was like, I'm not in a big rush for a PS5 until God of War Ragnarok comes out. And that literally pushed me to kind of go, you got to start saving for a PS5 now. Yeah, I, th- I think... I think um, what it shows overall as well from the what they displayed, uh, what was notable from the absence. So there was no Horizon sequel mm. and there was nothing more on Gran Turismo 6. So I think it, what it's sort of subtly set to, saying to us is everything that you saw is going to be launch window. So within the first few months, if not on day one, um, anything that was like Ragnarok will be within the first year. Yeah. Um, but 
you can forget about Horizon and you can forget about Gran Turismo there 2022 or later, I reckon. If God of War Ragnarok releases in 2021, I will be very, very surprised still, though. To be to be honest, like I would be surprised if it releases, especially with everything that's going down. I'm seeing if there's been any information on Horizon Forbidden West. It's oh, well done as well. I'm fed up with everyone calling it Horizon Zero Dawn Two. Yes, Horizon Horizon Forbidden West. It's just saying 2021, but I think there was something about it being yeah, it's cross platform for PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five. That's why I was wondering. I was like, because it can't be too far off if they're still doing PlayStation Four. Yeah. Yeah, and also it was a further back than God of War, wasn't it, in mm. release terms? So, yeah, they've had more time on it. Yeah, yeah, it was 2017 with Horizon Zero Dawn, and it was 2018 for God of War. Fair enough. What was everyone's takeaway? What was their, their overall impression of the, of the showcase? Um, I'll go first, because I'm going to let Rebecca close out um on on this <laughs> on this discussion. So, because she is that she's the, the fan. Um, for me, I went from, my, my whole thing's gone from a few weeks ago going, well, I'm not entering the next gen because I just, I'm not in a position to do so. So, well, I'm clearly going Xbox for the next gen to, I can feasibly get both and I kind of want both. And there's games I want on the PlayStation 5. So, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Um, I won't be going for the full fat version because it's just I can't justify the extra hundred pounds on it. Especially when I look up and I see the minimal amount of game discs I actually have, I can't justify. It. I'll just wait for sales and, and stuff like that because digital sales do really well now. So that's where I am. But yeah, I'm I've gone from probably being out to I'm in. Cool. Yeah, from my perspective. I was expecting to not be very impressed by the show. I thought it was all right uh, until the end, and then I thought it was amazing. I thought that the, the way that they just dropped, oh, yeah, and it's going to be way cheaper than you expected, and they're going to have this amazing PS Plus type dealio in competition with Game Pass. And I think that, on its own, knocked it out of the park. And sort of game roster aside, game roster is always a bit secondary, which sounds weird, but on, when it's a new... Uh, a new generation, it's kind of like, well, yeah, we know that games are going to come. We know that the first few are going to be just tarted up ports or, you know, something that doesn't take full advantage. And there'll be a little outlier that was really good that you didn't expect. So I've kind of like been through all of that in my head loads of times. But yeah, I, I thought that the positioning and the price point was great, much more accessible. And I think it's going to do a lot better very quickly than I even thought it was going to. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, Bex, what was your overall impression? sold on getting a PlayStation 5 because there were certain exclusives I wanted and Sony's presentation last night basically felt like they were like don't worry we are making this worth your while yeah <laughs> I know we know <laughs> yeah. we, I know we know we've already got you Bex but don't worry your money is going to be well spent because look at what we're giving you yeah and I yeah. was just I was delighted <laughs> excellent yeah I mean yeah, we have a, a tendency, you know, well, I do, to be too pragmatic sometimes, and it sucks the fun out of it. But I thought, yeah, it was fun as well. Yeah, and I'm glad that it fired up people's imagination. And the hour-long presentation was a nice sweet spot as well. Um, yes, yeah. It didn't feel overly long. Uh, most of it was on point, did what it had to do. I say a couple of weird turns with... Um, 
having the Devil May Cry in there just seemed a bit odd. Um, you know, the unfortunateness of the um, Hogwarts game. But, you know, there's very little. A lot of this is in place, obviously, way ahead of time. And obviously, contractually, they probably couldn't remove the Hogwarts game or, or anything like that as well. So yeah. um, I think it's a really, really good presentation. And I think what it's done, it was cemented buyers who were getting it anyway then now cemented in and it would have turned a few people into doubters into probably purchases at some point so yeah i think that was a both companies as well i think had really good bumps when it came to presentations of what they're bringing to the next gen and i'll say it again the only winners is us yeah i can't wait yeah no yeah. It, it, feel, it feels good to be the winner for once <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 It is, I mean, both companies have looked at what's going to happen in the next two, three years where people haven't got the disposable income and they've given us options because they know if they don't, they're not selling. Yeah. I know it's so they can make as much money as possible. I'm not stupid. I'm not naive. I know this is all done with a view to how can we get the most money possible. But when doing that allows us to get better things, I'm all for that. Absolutely. Yep. I, I'm going to be a very happy gamer in this new decade. Yes. If the decade, if we're all still alive in that decade, yeah. but, you know. Well, at least, at least next year or so. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully, well, not hopefully, but we might all be stuck indoors with nothing else to do but play video games again. Hey. So there is that. Hooray. Best year ever. What a time to be a gamer. <laughs> exactly. What a time to have a wrist injury. I really need to heal that. <laughs> you do. You're slacking on your writing. It's disgusting. <laughs> But no, it's obviously, guys, been a pleasure discussing this one. Oh, it's been great. Uh, yeah. If you like what we do, then obviously you can follow us on Twitch, on YouTube. We've got the podcast that goes out on a weekly basis. And we have bonus podcasts that, are, that focus more around pop culture stuff on our Patreon. You get early access to our podcast on our Patreon as well, unedited. So all our mistakes are left in support us there if you wish again nothing to do with mental health is ever gated so you're not losing out if you don't it's just extras for those who do fancy it join our discord if you ever need to chat whether it's about mental health issues whether it's about games whether it's about films books tv sports not sports apparently because no one does that's fine anything it's there the discord is there for you and we're on twitter and facebook and until next time thank you for listening take care